Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you today for a special episode, an interview. We haven't had one of these in a while. I'm very excited to be able to speak to somebody else from Breaking Bad. We spoke to Charlie Baker at the beginning of the year to talk to him about his role of Skinny Pete. Well, today we're talking to Jeremiah Bitsui, who, of course, plays the character of Victor on not only Breaking Bad, but also Better Call Saul. Fun fact, he's actually appeared on more episodes of Better Call Saul than he has of uh, Breaking Bad. So there's a bit of a fun fact for you there. But a uh, great chat here with Jeremiah. He talks in great detail about how he got a role on the show, which character he actually initially read for before ultimately landing the role of Victor, which major movie franchise he could have been a part of in the 2000s instead of being on Breaking Bad, and the impact his character had, in particular with one certain scene that he is involved in. Now, I don't want to jump straight into what scene I'm talking about because at the time of releasing this, we're only into season two of Breaking Bad, which means that pretty infamous scene that he's involved in hasn't happened yet. At least we're, uh, we were up to in the recap. So I'm saying this right now, spoiler alert. If you are not up to date with Breaking Bad, if you are watching along with our recaps and of course aren't up to season four, then maybe don't listen to this interview right now. Maybe wait until you get to the first episode of season four. So maybe go and have a coffee, go watch some Breaking Bad, catch up and listen to this, and then you'll be able to understand the spoilers because we don't want to spoil you. So we're just, we're warning you right now, this interview does contain spoilers for where we're up to, past where we're up to in our Breaking Bad coverage. But there's also some great chats here outside of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, in particular when it comes to his experience working on Red Dead Redemption 2, which I'm a massive fan of. I'm a massive GTA Red Dead Redemption fan, and it's fascinating to learn the extent of work and the scope of work that is involved in being in a video game such as Red Dead Redemption 2. So you'll hear a little bit more about this here as well. So sit back, relax, and listen to our great chat with Jeremiah Bitsui. So excited for our next guest here on the Oz Network today. We are deep into our coverage of Breaking Bad. At the time of recording this and releasing this, we are into the second season, which means you have met the character that our next guest plays on the show today. He appeared in nine episodes of Breaking Bad and 14 episodes so far, so far being the key word of Better Call Saul, <laughs> as he's actually filming, basically right now as we speak, the final season of Better Call Saul. He plays a character of Victor on both of those shows and we're very excited to learn a little bit more about his time on both shows and everything else in between. Please welcome to the Oz Network, Jeremiah Bitsui. Jeremiah, first of all, welcome to the program. It's an honour to have you on the show today. 
Oh, thank you. Honor to be on. And thank you, Ben and um, Australian audience, I guess, global audience. Um, you can't see my background, but I'm. Uh, you, you are in front the of the viewers, globe, literally I'm, right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at, yeah, I'm looking down on earth right now uh, outside of the stratosphere. <laughs> Perfect way to do an interview. That's how we. That's how we like to have our uh, our guests essentially kind of looking looking down on the earth. That's that's the, the best way to do yeah, it, right? Yeah, just kind of looking around, flying yeah. around. Yeah, <laughs> which it must be amazing when you get the opportunity to kind of speak to shows like ours on the other side of the world, because it really does then kind of show that global appeal of, of both Better Call Saul and, and Breaking Bad, the kind of the franchise uh, out there that is that is so popular around the world to be able to kind of speak to people in different parts of this planet. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, it's interesting to see how, you know, it's, it's a very vast um uh it's a show that has a very vast and a broad wide wide audience um you know it's it's i guess when from what i heard at least when they first piloted the show you know they they kind of were hoping to get some great traction within this you know the new mexico kind of arizona california region at least from what i hear and and then you know they were just blown away. I think we all were blown away to see you know that it's, it's uh, kind of a global cult like following with um, you know a lot of really um, great actors involved. And you know you kind of feel it when you're doing something special. I think you can kind of you can kind of feel um, the culture. You know yeah. people. You know sometimes it's a, a you know, like you do as an actor, you could feel a scene and you'd be like, oh, that was really great. And then you watch it and play back and you're like, oh, it wasn't as great. Um, so that's misleading sometimes. But I think when you just feel good on set and you feel like everyone's happy and they want to be there and they're fulfilling their dreams and they're doing their dream job, that's always kind of, that's a great feeling. That's a good space to create in. Was Breaking Bad a show that you had been watching sort of uh when you you were cast and and kind of if so when you get that script kind of show up and and you're reading for the the role of of victor where you sort of going great yes this is a show i love or had you sort of not really seen much of the show before you did eventually kind of uh go for the role of victor so here's the irony is that i I actually um so one season was out i knew of the show because of one friend and the friend that I had that was on the show, like he was his own little PR machine. Like the guy would be, you know, oh, so it was Breaking Bad, this, Breaking Bad, this. And and he was very, um, he, you know, he was very out there. And and and, um, and I figured I was like, oh, wow, it must, must be good. And and I got to get around to watch, you know, just like I do with, with other friends, got to watch his, watch his thing. Um, but from... You know, when, when someone kind of like, you know, uh, pumps their own gas, you almost feel like you know it to a certain extent, you know? Um, and I, I thought I, I thought I knew it. I thought I kind of just knew the show, just, just hearing about, but I never actually watched the first season until, um, I want to say, um, a little bit before my audition, I watched an episode and, uh, liked it and, 
you know, felt felt like they were doing something pretty special. And in terms of then going for that audition, do you remember sort of receiving the script, having your agent sort of tell you, hey, there's this role coming about, kind of sort of how did that process work when you were first able to audition for the show? Um, so when I first auditioned for the show, um, yeah, just to circle back. So here's the funny thing. So about that time, just to kind of give you some context, the, the audition. So I had a general understanding of, of Breaking Bad, um, you know, through a friend who was in it. Um, the, the, uh, the funniest thing now that I look back and I was, I'm on another show now, which is also an AMC show. And I, it hasn't been released yet, but I'll, uh, you know, I'll be sure to tell you when, when it, uh, when we make the announcement, but, um, nonetheless, one of, one of, uh, one of the, um, the stars, one of the other season regulars, um, we were talking the other day and he, he was a very talented actor by the name of Kyle Gordon. Um, that was his very first movie was a movie called new moon from the twilight saga. And I was actually up for a role. I was first writer refusal for one of the characters, the wolf pack, which he, he was, we had been working alongside each other. Um, and then it was right around that period. I got a call and they said, Hey, sorry. Um, they ended up going with a guy, you know, they're shooting up in Canada. They ended up going with the guy from Canada. I was like, ah, okay, you know. Uh, later, knew, later got to know the guy who who played the role, which I think he did really well, and I think it worked out exactly the way it was supposed to. Um, but nonetheless, I was kind of licking my wounds on that one because I was like, oh man, you know, been you know whatever. Um, later, now in life, I, I think I have a different philosophy on things. But at the time, I was kind of like. Oh, geez, you know, this is, uh, I lost that job or whatever. Um, if I got that job, I wouldn't have been able to, to have the opportunity that I had. Um, I think it was like that week would have been the week I'd have been headed up to Canada. Wow. So um, meanwhile, the funny part about this is we're, we're doing all of these little uh, film industry events in New Mexico and Albuquerque here in Albuquerque. And, um, we keep pumping my buddy up the guy that's on, uh, breaking bad. He, he played Gonzo. And so we did like a Christmas thing and he was like, you know, gangster Santa. And then, you know, or, um, you know, Gonzo Santa or whatever. And then we were doing something else. We had another thing coming up. I, I think they were filming a movie with Gerard Butler at that time. And so we were going over, security precautions and all of this and so i mean at the time i wasn't really like concerned about my own pr or like i was more trying to like pump the community up that was my interest and getting good auditions was also my other so it was kind of like i had this business and i had uh, we're just starting a construction company at the time so i'd like the the, the pr thing at the construction company and then, um, it, and then in the midst of this, you know, I'm, I'm getting auditions here and there. So um, when I got the call, the reason I gave that context, when I got the call, um, I had a, I had a, uh, a loft in downtown Albuquerque 
and below that loft was my office and and then down the street was the nightclub so and my my truck was parked in the back parking lot which the day of the audition i had uh you know i i was running i think i was going to a meeting the plan was have a meeting at the, the nightclub talk about this event we were putting on and then get back to the to my place you know have a quick bite or whatever and then head out to to the uh to the audition um as it played out and originally i was reading for the role of the los pueblos hermanos manager and um uh, who later uh, later later uh, um gal actor by the name of, of cynthia and I, I can't pronounce her last name she ended up getting the role but the interesting thing about it is like it was kind of an adventure getting to the audition because I got locked out of my, I got locked out of my office or out of actually out of uh, my loft. I was locked out of the office and then I, I was locked out of my truck uh, wow. or access to where my truck was. So I was like, Oh man. Okay. Well, so I had to run back to the nightclub. Uh, luckily one of the VIP hosts was, was closing up. He had something else he was doing there. And I was like, Hey man, by any chance, could you help me? I, you know, this is pre Uber. So I was like, Hey, if you have a few minutes, maybe an hour, um, not to mislead you, it's not just going to take a few minutes, but either you could drop me off and I could find my way back, but I need to get to the studio. Um, and if, if yeah, he's like, Oh, don't worry about it, man. I've always wanted to see that, you know, that at the time it was a new studio. So I said, okay, great. You know, we took off, uh, got to the um got to the studio and uh, my, my dear friend johnny ming i still remember him he was just happy to be there like oh man this is cool and i'm like yeah you know take a look at it all you know wherever you're allowed to go or whatever i'm gonna go run in here ran in there made the time uh did the audition and right when i walked in and i always tease adam it was adam bernstein the director of mandela one of our regular directors on on breaking bad sometimes you walk in and you just as an actor you just and this is good for other actors to know is um and just people interviewing in general i think uh sometimes you walk in and you're just sorry but you're just not the guy you know um maybe the look wise maybe on the day you know turns out you're like trust me i've been too tall but the same day I'm not tall enough, uh, too skinny. The same day I'm same week. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, uh, have, uh, a little bit more stout than, than other guys. So it's like, you could be all of that, or you could just be there and someone like Cynthia came along and just crushed the audition or maybe just did a really solid audition, but they were like, no, we want to cast a female and we're leaning towards her. So, or these three gals, and Cynthia is a great option. And we have two other gals. Uh, we want to, this, I think it makes sense. This is a female role. Mm-hmm. At least that was the feeling. Cause Adam iPhone at the time just came out. Uh, he was like engrossed in his iPhone. I tease him about it. Didn't even, I was like, did you even <laughs> see me audition that day? And he was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I felt it. He's like, I, tell, I can tell you were doing what you're doing. Um, he's like, but then that's why he's like, I just, from what I saw, I thought, you know, the next 
group of actors we were auditioning were was a nondescript customer um which me walking out i had no idea you know i just saw this this lobby full of like nefarious uh tough guy types and um big guys and i kind of figured i was like oh wow it must you know who knows maybe they're casting a biker gang or what whatever didn't think really twice about it um got back in the car with johnny it was driving off and um uh, god rest her soul sherry Rhodes came out was just like hey you know her signature thing puts her hand on the uh, both hands on the um on the hood hey jeremiah you got to come back in uh came back inside i thought you know just naturally growing up the way i did thought i was like in trouble and uh <laughs> like checking my bite i steal that i accidentally take a pen and they're their only gasping <laughs> pen or something and she was just she was like no no no. we want you to read for this character um it's it's a nondescript customer and at the time you know not having as much work experience and, and somewhat being um uh, you know, just getting my footing as a working actor, it had like three or four lines and the not the Los Poyos Hermanos manager. That was a two to three page scene uh, with dialogue sprinkled all throughout the scene. So I kind of, I tried not to take it as a bruise to my ego. Like, uh, yeah, you, you can't really handle all that dialogue. We can't handle this. I, I tried not to, to make that the case. Um, but I looked at it and I thought, you know, she gave me a quick uh, character description, you know, characters uh, probably up to things not so good, but is, you know, smart and tactful and has a boss that's, you know, drug lord and give me a really good description and lead into it. And that's kind of, that's how I, um, that was, and walking into the audition was much, much of a different feeling. Wow. Uh, Adam Bernstein wasn't on his phone and he lets me tease me about him about that. So, um, and you know, everyone was attentive and, and, um, and I just read it just the way that I felt it, which was very deadpan and just matter of fact. And, uh, it worked out. Wow. And, uh, we shot that. Yeah. Like crazy. A week, two weeks later. Yeah. That's, that's crazy so to kind of think that, isn't it? Because, I mean, yeah, as you're saying, like, in that first, in that episode, yeah, the, the manager, Cynthia's got all those lines. You've got that that sort of short little speech that you that you give to, to Brian and everything. But, like, I mean, that is a very famous speech now looking back on it, isn't it? Like, I mean, it's kind of it's hard to imagine that at the moment, but it's a very important scene that kind of leads on to what we get at the end of that episode. So, I guess in hindsight, you ended up probably landing a slightly better role then. And at the time, again, when we shot it, I didn't even, I didn't even know the the magnitude of, of this. I hadn't read the script, you know, when, when you're doing that type of show, or at least a show where they feel like there's, you know, they're being well-received everything else. And, you know, they start being a little more protective with the information. And, and um, I, I, you know, I just went in and just treated it like it was a job. You know, so I walked in, met Brian. Brian seemed cool. Um, yeah, met Giancarlo. Giancarlo seemed cool. Like, you know, the crew and everyone seemed cool. And I was just like, okay, cool. And I thought that was it. I just, you know, I was nondescript customer. So I was just like, okay, I'm just this random guy delivering this message. Um, and had no uh, foresight to be back 
or anything at all at that time or more or less have a character name. And when do you then get that call to come back? And then is that when you find out, hey, nondescript customer is now officially Victor. You have a character name now. It was actually not revealed to me at the time. Um, the, my agent, I think, was like, hey, uh, you know, you, you booked on that show that you did again last from last year. Um, they want to reveal some of this stuff. They're being very careful. It's getting a lot of great praise from critics and everyone else. They, they want to share with you. They want you to come to set. I was like, okay, cool. Um, came to set and they said, you know, don't worry. There's, you know, there's, uh, I think it was an off day or it was a day with very little dialogue, but um, nonetheless, I, I got there and um, yeah, it was actually, I uh, came to set. Like it was, you know, they really built it up. They did a great job. Cause I, you know, got set, got, went, on to set so got to base went to set on the van got to set aaron paul's there and i think he was the one that told me and he was just like hey man congratulations you know um nice. you'll be playing with us playing with us for a while you're you're the, the role of victor and i was kind of like confused i was like what is this different like i was different guy it's like no this is the same guy you know like, oh okay cool wow um and just yeah, couldn't imagine. It was just life-changing from that, that Which, point forward. I remember when we spoke with, with Charlie, he kind of had a similar story in the fact that when he first scenes and everything, yeah, he you know, Skinny Pete wasn't a, a name back then. I think he was just Skinny Drug Dealer, and then ultimately it turns into kind of, you know, what it does. So it's kind of – it's interesting how you – start off and I can imagine as an actor, you know, you've got to try and get into the zone of that character and try and, you know, get behind their motivations and everything, which is difficult as nondescript customer. But then as kind of your your scenes build up and you appear in more and more episodes, you can, I guess, develop the character of what is now Victor, you know, the further you go on in the show. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think when I walked in, I, I just... I don't know. Sometimes things just click. Like you just know, know a character, you know? Um, and that was one of the characters I just, I knew just looking at it, just hearing the words. Um, yeah. I remember not having very much time to, 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 of course it was, I like five minutes. And so I just, it was basically a cold read and um, I tried not to get too hung up on the lines and I just tried to feel them out. And it just, just, you know, kind of knew who the guy was and Which is, uh, so it's it's interesting sort of how we we see victor across particularly season three kind of you know almost just being this very quiet sort of stoic guy who is involved in some pretty stuff i mean you're throwing money at uh you know walt and jesse and basically telling them it's their half you you kind of just Aaron boy essentially and and then ultimately what we're going to get to when we get into to box cutter but i mean the more and more episodes you start appearing in and kind of you you get do you get invested in the story as well like are you becoming a fan of the show as you are becoming more and more prominent you're appearing in in more episodes you're all equally wanting to find out what's happening with the story as you're going along um uh, i think once we shot season 3 and it started airing I, I was, you know, at that point, I realized I was like, you know, I better really, because um, I felt like through the scripts, I knew the world and what was going on, you know, at least within that story. Uh, but 
then it was at that point I kind of started, um, you know, started to kind of be involved in also in the world of just doing little inter- interviews and things, you know, and um, and so I kind of had to know what I was talking about. So more from that standpoint, you know, and I don't always uh, watch a full complete show just to know or or to you know participate but in this case i you know i was like well i better know what's going on and and i was just naturally interested i was like wow like it's crazy that this show is there's something going on here cuz like i say you can always feel when something is 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 going really well like you can really you can feel the uh, lack of a better term like a, the corporate culture and the culture was just really great on that show. You know, um, like I said, everyone felt like they Vince, you know, Vince Gilligan and, and the creators and directors, they just have a great way of making it fun. Even if we're doing something really heavy, uh, you know, it's always, it was always pretty fun. And you know, of course you have your moments where people maybe don't get along, but it's like, a, it, it became really like a family. So that, was really interesting to me and then just seeing um the genius behind uh, the other actors and what they were giving and then seeing of course the reaction from the general audience i i was really interested to see i got to sit down and and watch this whole thing Hmm. and once i did um you know by season four and the time season four was coming around i was I, i was in it i was like man i can't of course that's when i have to you know, I won't give a spoiler, but let's just say that's when different things happened for for Victor. Um, oh, we can we can we can spoil it. We've we've put the spoiler warnings before this episode, oh, okay. so that uh, people okay. who are listening to this, who are following on with our coverage, know there will be spoilers in this. Because I I can't have you okay. on, Jeremiah, and not talk about that scene. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that by that by that season, I was very vested. You know, both personally and as a uh, professionally and as an audience member, I think I was, I was really looking forward to the next episodes to come. Which it's, it's, it's always, it's kind of ironic then, isn't it? When you're sort of getting to that point when you're obviously getting very invested in the show and kind of, you're thinking, wow, I'm such a key part of this. And obviously ultimately at the end of season three, I mean, you're the one taking, uh, you know, Walt to the, to the lab. There's a, there's a leak. We, we better hurry up and get there. Then all of a sudden you're the one kind of, uh, making sure that, uh, you know, Victor's making sure that Jesse, uh, is going to get stopped before ultimately killing Gail. So, I mean, it's kind of, all of this is ramping up. You're going, great. This is fantastic. Here we go. I'm finally getting to yeah. do some stuff. And then I'm sure you get that script for, uh, episode one of that season four and go, Oh shit. What's going on with Victor here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, and it, you know they're very tactful about that. Like they, they're really sweet. You know, when, when a character is leaving, um, I don't think I got a cake. Some characters, I think, when they died, they gave them a cake or something. Um, I think uh, I, I may have missed my cake, but oh, um, come on, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but before that, you know, I did get calls. You know, hey, I got a call from the producers, and you know, telling me what's going on. Just be prepared, and then. Um, you know, always also a um, uh, a compliment is for when other actors aren't on the schedule and they still show up. You know, uh, that that's also nice as well. So, 
yeah i mean i, I did feel like i was i was a uh, part of it and um and uh you know felt like i was part of the family until i was i was killed off and then i i felt like i was uh uh outcasted from the family no, are you <laughs> yeah go away now you, you're done you, yeah. you leave home yeah you're leave dead home. get out of here <laughs> yeah, go, bugger off you're not part of this family anymore are, are you yeah, told exactly. bugger off. Are, are you told essentially that victor's going to be killed off and then not told how he's going to die or are you told immediately he's going to die and he's going to go out in in this fashion like how how is that news broken to you about the death and the, the manner of death that he's going to fulfill Victor's destiny is a dead character on this show. Um, I don't think the first call, I don't think I knew that. I actually thought it was an explode. I thought I was going to die by an explosion. Wow. And I, I really, I really didn't think it was going to be that iconic. Like I thought it was more like, I remember hearing, you know, uh, about, uh, you know, at least from the producer, you know, hey, Jeremiah, you know, thank you for being part of the show. Hey, we really love all your work, you know, all of that. Season four is coming up. Excited to have you on. Um, we're going to start a show with a big bang. And unfortunately, you're part of the big bang. So I, I always remember that call. Um, and, and so, yeah, that based on that first call, I thought it was an explosion. Um, big bang. I was like, oh, okay. Victor's just going to die in an explosion, which is kind of ironic because, um, uh, you know, at the end of the season, it's it's John Carla that ends up dying in an explosion. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah that was so that was interesting. But um, I, I, once I read the script, then I was, you know, I, I was just shocked. I was like, "Wow, this is this is going to be crazy." Which, and then of course, seeing it, it was a different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. When you when you play a character and you know you're gonna die, there's there's many ways you can be killed off in either a movie or a TV. Yeah. But to have your throat so brutally slit by a box cutter to send a message essentially to to people in front of you, I mean, I I don't even know how you would describe that. Reading that on on paper, going, well, okay, well that that's a that's a way to go. Sure, uh, people might remember that death. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the, the writers are so smart are, and we're so, and, you know, still are still so skilled and Vin, Vince is, and everybody is still, you know, amazingly skilled. When, when you read those words, it, you, you, you see it, you feel it, it jumps off the page. Um, and, and that's, what's so brilliant. I mean, so much of it does come from the writing um, because you know, they, they really go out of their way to write something that you're never going to really see. Like, of course, you're, you'll see it, but you never actually, 99.9% .9 of the audience never actually gets to read the script. Um, so when you think about it, the writers, they're actually creating for us, the creatives. Um, and, it, you know, with that being said, it, it, it's it's a treat to be able to get a script and really just be like, oh, wow, this is, you know, I get the world that they created and I get the feel and and you really do. When when you read those scripts, you really do get the feeling. What was the mood like on set that day? I, I read, I don't know if it was an interview or just some production notes about Giancarlo 
on set that day kind of to get in the zone was just not talking to people very quiet kind of in that scene obviously he's he's famously not saying anything sort of in the build-up to to when you know his character obviously slits your character's throat but is it a, a, a tense mood to try and get in the zone for that shock factor that you've got to do? I mean, a very elongated scene of Shankala getting into that zone of kind of just being so, you know, proper in the way that he kills you. I mean, it must have been an interesting mood that day. Well, first, it's, you know, Giancarlo is, uh, he's a gentleman. He's just, you know, class act. And, and um, on the day, I think, and even before, I, th- I think he just told me, he's like, I'm having a really hard time with this scene. You know, he said, I'm really, he's like, me personally, you know, he's like, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm not okay, you know. Um, and he shared that with me. And then he just told me, he's like, you know, I really valued, you know, uh, the, you know, this was uh, ha- having, having you on and getting to know you and, and uh you know this is not something i'm taking lightly and i appreciated that and uh and then he just told me he's like you know i'm I'm gonna be maybe a little more internal and he so i kind of got a heads up and he was very um you know in a place as an actor you you got to protect all your your own not yourself just physically on set but you got to protect all the other stuff that's going on inside and and uh, so I knew where he was, and um, on on that day, yeah, it was it, that that was one of the days that wasn't too, you know, it's not like everyone's bubbly jumping around like, oh yeah, it's, you know, uh, that was one of the days that was a little bit more somber and and um, and, and of course uh, horrific once we got into it, uh, and you know, we, we by the end of the day, I was exhausted, you know. And um, everything, it was just emotionally, physically, and, and then, yeah, physically, I think I twisted my ankle when they stuffed me in the barrel. Uh, it, it took a few hard falls. Al Goto, who's amazing, he's uh, stunt doubled for me a few times. And he's, he was great. He, he did a few really hard face plants um, that day. And actually shaved his head right before the scene. So wow, yeah, <laughs> really getting involved. That's good to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's amazing, and That's still, crazy. still to this day, like we're still, yeah, he'll still um, during the season, and you know, take a little buzz cut. <laughs> good to see kids out I, re- I read in your ama that you did on on reddit that it took you know upwards of 30 takes essentially to to get to get it right how how many of those takes were bloopers are they just kind of these cuts where all of a sudden you say the mood's not exactly light but surely there had to be a couple there all of a sudden where you start i don't know a bit of giggle going on on set uh you know somebody kind of loses it a little bit with the effects of the blood going everywhere 30 34 of those takes were me trying to get my lines right um, two of those takes were just trying to get the blood right. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, it was, yeah, it was, it was all the blood, like trying to get the blood. And it was kind of funny at one point, you know, there, there was a little humor in there and like there was Tarantino squirts, like where they tried to use through the valve, uh, you know, they basically use like a loop, uh, through a tube and then, and then they, uh, the pressure is either coming from a hand pump or a syringe, which ended up being the most effective. Or at one point, it was, I think, a mechanical, uh, like a pressure, um, like a pressurized pump, 
which created more of like a Quentin Tarantino, you know, shooting blood 20 feet across the room and uh, kind of thing, you know, uh, which wasn't as effective and was kind of a little bit more funny. So, so yeah, I mean, we would, we would all kind of have, have, have fun with it. Uh, and Brian, you know, he, he, uh, he he's funny. He's trying to, you know, when I was down and in the pool of blood, like, you know, he crack a few jokes. So, I mean, it, it was, it was lighthearted, but the overall, the, the mood was somber, you know, um, on the day it was just kind of a, it was a dark scene, you know? So we tried to have as much fun as we could. Is it harder to pretend to be dying by losing that amount of blood and, and going through that as a scene or getting shoved into a barrel? Um, yeah, I mean the barrel thing, you're just, you're, you're just limp, you know, you're kind of just, <laughs> you're just being stuffed in there, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, actually the thought of it, and I've unfortunately had that experience of, of losing blood and blacking out prior. So I'm, I know that, that feeling and it's just a sudden kind of, you know, like you would if you blacked out, you know? Um, so I guess, but sometimes what you know as real and what you're putting across as your experience of, of real doesn't always doesn't always uh, read or or work for the for the the purpose of what's trying to be done. So you know we went through several iterations and and um and as a crew they were always very technical you know um so you know medics were always there folks were always great medics of course you know. You may have heard certain things of, of, of medics on our show just doing really uh, awesome jobs. And, you know, they, they do. They literally save lives uh, sometimes. And, um, yeah, the, on our show, they, we had a lot of specialists. We had a lot of folks that specialized in certain areas and, and were blood splatter specialists and, uh, you know, guys that could actually tell you, yeah, when that artery gets hit, this is, you know, it's 30 minutes or 30 seconds and the person's gone. Wow. Basically. Jeez. That's uh wow. Something else too. I mean, it must be to go out in such a unique way, but on the grand scheme of deaths on Breaking Bad, it's one of the most iconic deaths in the entire show's history. What was that? reaction like then from the fans you mentioned sort of throughout season three having to do things like interviews and obviously a bit like that obviously getting a bit more of attention but what was the feedback from the fans when they see this scene were you getting messages from people saying yay victor's dead i never liked him anyway or like holy crap most brutal death ever i mean do you sort of remember all that at the time yeah yeah you know i mean um uh, when people are saying you know oh that victor is you know sob you know he was you know, that's kind of funny, you know, because it's, it's like, you think about it. I, I never really did anything in season three. Um, I mean, some of the comments and sometimes some of just the feedback from fans, even directly, it's like, Oh, I hated that guy. He was the most, like, I, I knew he was just, just a rotten. It's like, what? Like Victor pointed a gun at a guy at Aaron Paul. Like that was, you know, it's, I mean, you kind of just get that people, feel their fears and they you get where where they're looking at how they watch the show which is great because when you watch that show you have different perspectives to really watch it from 
you know, some people identify with, with Aaron, you know, um, some people identify with Brian, uh, you know, a, a few out there, you know, um, uh, Mrs. White, you know, I mean, there's, there's a full spectrum of, of people that they're rooting from different perspectives. Um, but funny and oddly enough, you know, guys from Albuquerque that probably are from that similar background and understand that character, you know, kind of gave me, uh, Hey, you know, you knew what you were doing and it seemed real. Once your time is up then on the show and then eventually better call soul gets announced, did, did you ever kind of hold out hope that this could be a chance to bring back Victor? And when you ultimately get that call call and you, you go on to appear more on better call soul ultimately than you ever did on breaking bad. I mean, kind of exciting to be able to, to revisit this character once again. Yeah. You know, as for the hope, I mean, like I said, when I did Mandela, that same discipline I, I tried to carry on was just uh, as, as an actor, you know, when my job is done, my job is done. And, you know, you, you move on to the next thing. Um, it's, I think creatively you get, could get stomped, stumped a little bit if you're trying to live in that vein or not letting go, you know, you kind of have to let go, even if you end up going back to be able to really kind of reflect and, and continue to do your job well. Um, and I was, you know, it was a blessing that year. I think I had few other shows going on and actually I died twice and uh, two other things. So it was, it was an ap- action packed year. Um, and that season coming out was, 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 uh, season four. That was just like, we were, I don't even know how to equate it. You know, it, it felt like we were just being put into a, just a, a, a totally different type of life our in our light you know it, it felt like uh and i may be exaggerating but um you know it it felt like it was it was something that was we were catap- catapulted into like a whole different uh stratosphere felt it felt special and it felt like everyone was was into it you know um i had traveled quite a bit you know uh around then and thereafter and the reception across the board was very warm and inviting and, and people were into it and they'd have watch parties. And so it was, that was cool. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was a good exit for me. And I, I really, you know, opened up a, a ton of other doors and still does. And, and then, and then to hear that the show's coming back, I was like, okay, cool. And I didn't really expect anything from it. You know, I thought who knows how far they're going back, you know, this could be, Victor maybe had not been a part of the team at that point. So I, I really allow myself to, to be free and not have try to at least not have too much expectation. And so coming back onto the show um, again, walking on and thinking, okay, maybe I'm on this for one episode. Cool. And then end up squeezing, you know, uh, over uh, uh, 12 episodes 13 episodes it's pretty amazing and then now into the sixth season and the final season um yeah, yeah i mean it's 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 uh it's it, it's it's a credit you know and i i, I really truly uh, appreciate it and i 
you know, my first time on a set, I think I felt like I just don't want to leave. I don't want to leave this experience. You know, that that feeling of all these this army of people creating a base camp out in the middle of nowhere, and then um, being on location and making it fun and kind of creating this little cool community and uh, collective where you have everything that you need. You know, you have a place to eat, you have a place to sleep, you have a place, you know, you have your work, you have your transportation. It it just, it was very unique. And it was something that I thought, you know, this is my work environment, even at a young age. And, and to feel that and not want that to end um, and it not ending in a sense, I mean, I'm, it's still going, but specifically with a, a group that you had so much respect for 13 years later, you know, we're still, um, we're still at it. It's, it's yeah. amazing. And, and uh, it's been an amazing experience from that standpoint. And the good news is, you know, that you're not going to die. So <laughs> yeah, no more. So death. they can't kill you off right on better call soul. So that's the good news. <laughs> I guess they could get sick of me and be like, Oh, let's put them in a coma until we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or something. You know, but that, hasn't, that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Yes. Yes. Which I mean, obviously you, you, you're filming the final season right now. Obviously we, we know you can't sort of give spoilers and tell us what's going on there, but I mean, should the fans be excited? I mean, season five just ended absolutely incredible of, of better call soul i mean it just it really ramped up and just such a shame that we're having to wait so long obviously ultimately with kind of how things are going but um i mean how excited should we be jeremiah for this final season of better call soul uh very excited and actually i i'll i'll share whatever you want i shouldn't but um then <laughs> i just happens? i just trust you and <laughs> tell us whole story um, come on <laughs> let's let's start from the first episode and I'll okay just right let's go <laughs> <laughs> no i think it's i think it's gonna be uh here's the thing that you can trust of course you know with with vince and the writers and the whole gang is that they they're not gonna create a season if if they don't you know you're, you're not gonna find them like you know, create a really amazing season and then, and then be like, well, well let's create one more season, you know, just for the heck of it. Um, it, it. They're like puzzle pieces, I think in, in the way that our story creators create. So you're, you're getting almost kind of like if, let's say if you had a, a Michelin chef and he created a, um, you know, six courses you're, you're getting six courses in what was what's being meant to be served um so ben don't be coming around asking for a seventh course uh that no. you whatever whatever it six is, is it's fine the, the sixth okay all right <laughs> no, i'm, I'm with fine with said, six that's, yes <laughs> that's that's the best way to describe it is is vince is very methodical about it and you know the way that it's it's plated and presented it and it's put together is the way that the way it's meant to be and when it ends it's it's meant to be over so right. i mean there's there i think that's the excitement in it is thinking like wow this is a wrap-up of this world you know uh from beginning to end and then back to the beginning and then touching back to uh to the roots of you know what was breaking bad we're very excited to see it we can't wait for it to return jeremiah before we let you go one thing i really want to quickly ask you about 
I'm a yes, big sir. fan of anything to do with Rockstar. You, of course, were in Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, what's that experience <laughs> like playing Eagle Flies on, on a video game? I mean, that's a whole other experience in itself. Motion capture, voice acting, everything along those lines. And, and to kind of be able to be interact with you, I guess, while I'm playing the game, I can sort of interact with you a little bit while I'm, you know, playing a video game. It must be a fun experience. Yeah, that was actually an interesting experience. Um, uh, talented Angelique Midthunder, uh, who who um, I've I've known for years. She she brought me in and was a whole part of this gig, like where they created a script. She fooled me, and usually she's very like upfront. And I mean, I've gone into her her, her casting room, and we you know. I just love her and her family and her, her husband, everyone's cool. Just super cool fit family. The best way to describe them. Uh, and just funny. So I've walked into that casting office and walked out and realized, Oh, we didn't even shoot an audition and had to go walk back in there. So <laughs> with that being said, you know, her being as open as she is, she was uh, in on the gig. And by being in on the gig, I mean, they presented the whole thing up front, Like if it was actually a movie, like they were filming an independent film and it was about this guy that was, um, you know, the character I'd be playing was the leader of, of this, uh, uh, uh this indigenous movement and, you know, kind of like the American Indian movement, like, you know, so it was kind of a play on that. And I thought the character was cool. So I, I was really into it. You know, went in, met with the producer director for my callback. And it was just in that, in that uh, audition, they were just like, okay, uh, you know, let, let's talk about this next steps. Um, we'll have to reveal something to you here. You know, but we'll have to get you to sign NDA. Uh, once I got the NDA over to them, they said, hey, we're sorry to fool you. It's actually not a movie, um, but it's a follow-up to a very popular game called uh, Red Dead Redemption. Wow. And uh, and then they kind of, they said, once you get to New York, we'll reveal, you know, everything else. Wow. So once in a lifetime experience from that sense, you know, um, yeah. uh, again, like a whole different family, like us you know, being fl flying out, you know, to New York on a, a regular basis and, and getting in that studio and being a part of that process, you know, um, a very different process, you know, um, for film acting and what we do TV, we, you know, you play, you play to a camera, um, doing this isn't even like theater. It's like, you're on a football field stage that's of course a 3d environment and you're being you know you're just creating so it's mm. and of course they'll tell you if you're blocking like an action or something else but yeah that experience is very was amazing actually and um and it went on for a while i think we on my part i think i was uh, working on that for three years wow so, geez that's a long time yeah. far out yeah wow yeah. I kind of I, that, that that makes sense now that while we're sitting around here waiting around for Grand Theft Auto Six, it's probably a bloody good reason why it takes a long time to put these games together. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And then you That's know, five insane. years, five. It took five or six years for the whole game, which of course, yeah. when you play it, you get it. You know, you absolutely. You, um, and I think we were in New York when 
when it when it came out. So to see all the collateral, like from Times Square, my wife and I were, um, you know, kind of uh, yeah, doing the reveal on our end. Um, and of course, I, I flew in thinking, you know, something fun would be going on with the rock star guys. And I think they were all just exhausted and were probably asleep uh, for a few weeks. Um, I can imagine but, yeah, why. Wow. Yeah. Really cool crew, though. Really cool all over creative team, everything. Um, my wife plays the game very differently than, than most. Uh, you know, you have kind of the honorable points or whatever and she you'll find her like she's a nature girl so you'll find her like fishing in the game you'll find her like (laughs) you know going on like hikes this is not the you meant to though that's That's the beauty of it that's the beauty (laughs) of it though you can play it that way (laughs) you know there's a gunfight she like goes and runs and hides somewhere and then you know (laughs) that's how she plays the game and do you play it through? Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to kind of like? Do you get that invested in it that you want to see kind of everything that that plays out and how your character fits into the overall story? I'm opposite, man. I, I get in there and I just start, I start going crazy, like you know, <laughs> kind of like it's Grand Theft Auto. I just, you know, the most unhonorable character or player. Hey, uh, there, there's two sides of the spectrum there. I can imagine you two playing online would be a very fun thing to watch. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh God. It would actually be hilarious to do like a Twitch or something oh, and just a sure. commentary. Cause I'm sitting, I remember I used to just sit there and, uh, I used to just go, oh, what, what are you doing? Like, what? you know, it's like, oh, I gotta go fish and you know, you're like, yeah. I, I really think you should start a Twitch account. That would, that would go crazy. I just, I just want to sit there and watch your wife fishing on Red Dead Redemption 2. Why not? Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jeremiah, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure to to chat with you today and learn more about your time on Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, and Red Dead Redemption too. For for people at home who want to stay up to date with everything that you've got going on, I mean, where where can they follow you? Social media, websites, plug anything you want. Um, yeah. So uh, on um, on Facebook, of, of course, just my name, Jeremiah Bitsui, J E R E M I A H, and then. On my, um, uh, let's see, my handle for uh, the social media is at Jeremiah Bitsui. So at J-E-R-E-M-I-A-H-B-I-T-S-U-I. Perfect. Well, it's been an absolute yeah. pleasure learning about this. And I feel like I might go play Red Dead Redemption and go do some fishing just right now. You've got me in the mood for it. Yeah, play, play Red, Red Dead Redemption and, and watch season five of Better Call and a massive massive thanks to jeremiah for his time and to his management for arranging that interview for such a great chat fascinating to learn about that that scene of course the blood everywhere it's incredibly graphic and always uh interesting to kind of hear those stories about other actors and kind of getting in the zone and learning a little bit more there about Giancarlo's mood on set that day. So uh, fascinating, fascinating to learn that. And Red Dead Redemption 2, just uh, such an incredible game. I I don't know if I've admitted it on this show. I've maybe admitted it on other shows, but uh, I have to say I bawled my eyes out at the end of Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption 2 and Red, Red, Dead, Red Dead Redemption. It's a bit of a mouthful when you try and say it plenty of times in a row. Red Dead Redemption 1. Uh, if you're not a video gamer, I will say this, that... They have some of the most emotional storylines I've ever seen in any form of media. They are incredibly well-crafted games, the Red Dead Redemption series. 
and you if you've never played it and you get through it you'll you'll see why it can bring tears to your eye because they're very emotional games and i tell you one thing jeremiah's character is involved in some emotional stuff too in that game as well so definitely worth a look and we're also very excited for better call soul season six we still are waiting for a release date we believe it's coming in 2022 but it's very exciting, and we'll obviously see Jeremiah on our screens in that season as well. So, again, thanks to Jeremiah for his time and, again, to his management for helping arrange that interview for us. If you love Breaking Bad, and clearly I'm guessing you're listening to this interview because you do love Breaking Bad, our series recaps continue. Of course, we drop them every single Tuesday, so uh, get excited for those. If you've missed any of the episodes, you can find them all, of course, on theoznetwork.net or social media. If you've subscribed to us on all the podcast channels as well, never miss an episode. And we'd love to hear what you think of the show of our recaps and everything else in between outside of breaking bad of course our 24 and lost coverage continues as well weekly 24 drops on a monday lost drops on a wednesday and speaking of interviews we do have for you in just about a month's time i want to tease this right now we we did of course a third watch 20-year reunion back in 2019. That was an exclusive. We were the only show in any capacity, TV, podcast, radio, anything, to do anything on that 20-year reunion. But this year, we are going to be doing another 20-year reunion, this time with some cast and crew of 24, because it is 20 years since 24 aired. You would have heard us talk a lot about that across our 24 recaps, but uh, excited to be able to do that again. Not quite an exclusive, because we know there are other media out there that are doing some uh, 24, 20-year reunion episodes and uh, videos and things along those lines. But uh, we're pretty excited to bring this one to you as well, because we've got a couple of the cast who we've had on the show previously coming on to one episode. And I will say that we also have somebody who is behind the scenes of the show, a very prominent figure behind the scenes on 24, who has never appeared on this show before. So... That's the little teaser I will give you there as well. So if you're a fan of 24, you're going to get very, very excited for what we have got coming for you as well. And outside of our TV recaps, you're probably asking, where are the movies, Ben? Where are the movie recaps? Where are the movie reviews? Well, we do have some reviews coming your way. No Time to Die, which of course has been released in Korea, has been released in North America. So therefore, our uh, beloved co-host over with me on 007 have seen the damn movie, so they'll give you a damn spoiler-free review. Now, why am I getting salty and angry about this? Because being in damn Australia, we don't get the movie till November, so I won't be able to see it till then. So you're only going to hear Colin and Noah talk about it. We have a spoiler-free review. It will be cross-platformed over on 007 as well as here on the Oz Network, and they will give their thoughts on it. And ultimately, if you want to hear my thoughts on it, tune into 007 in November. We'll have a spoiler review up then as well. Other reviews coming your way as well. I know Colin, I believe, is going to be seeing Venom 2, so he'll uh, bring a spoiler-free review of that. I'm hoping to see the movie Nitram, which, of course, is a bit of a controversial topic here in Australia right now, particularly in my home state of Tasmania, where I am. If people aren't familiar with what that movie is, it's kind of a a look at the, the the Port Arthur Massacre shooter Martin Bryant, essentially kind of a, a look at, uh, you know, how he became how he did and eventually led to the, the horrific events that happened in Port Arthur in 1996. So it's, it's still a very, very touchy subject. It was very controversial, uh, particularly here in Tasmania, that this movie was even made. So there's actually a lot of 
debate right now in Tasmania about should this movie even be shown in this state. So uh, we'll talk a lot more about that when we eventually get around to doing a review episode and if I get to see it because ultimately it all comes down to whether or not they decide to show it here in Tasmania. So stay tuned for that. And in terms of movie recaps, we've obviously been a bit slack on these and uh, as we kind of focus a lot more on our TV side of things, but we are still planning on doing Matrix Month for you this year ahead of Matrix 4, which is coming out later in the year. So we are still planning to do full recaps of each of the Matrix movies and potentially as well as the Animatrix as well, which is actually quite a good series of short films if you've not seen it. So uh, we are still hoping to have that for you by the end of the year as uh, we try and catch up a little bit on some of our lackluster movie recaps that we've maybe uh, slipped by the wayside there as well. So we appreciate your patience. We appreciate everything that you have uh, stuck with us throughout this year. It's been a tricky year uh, for many people, of course, and uh, we're, we're doing everything we can to make that less tricky, not only for ourselves, but for you, the listeners, as you join us with the journey. And I will say too, another episode that we have coming up in a few weeks as well, which you would have seen us tease recently, our 10th anniversary episode. We celebrate 10 years this year on air, back when we started the Survivor Oz, right now into the Oz Network. So uh, stay tuned for that. Plenty of things to keep you entertained here on the Oz Network. Once again, thanks to Jeremiah. Thanks to his management for arranging that. Thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. My name is Ben, and I guess I should probably say... Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.